0: no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for
1: details celebrating nine years of podcast excellence the king of podcasts radio network proudly presents the wrestling is real podcast because wrestling needs us Just hit the record button on another Wrestling Azure podcast. Thanks for being with me. This is number 689. This is King of Podcasts. Thanks for listening in. We're going to get started with the fact that AEW, for what it's being done right now with the company, you know, it's funny how AEW gives me a whole lot of indications that a good base of the AEW fan base are those disenfranchised WWE fans that felt like they were, they have been let down too many times by the company. And when you look at what is going on within the things that were happening with two wrestlers coming in tonight to wrestle on AEW Dynamite, you had W. Morrissey, which it's going to be pretty obvious that there are going to be some stars that did not remember W. Morrissey now being an Impact Wrestling for almost, what, well, has it been a year now? I think so. And then you have Diana Prasso closing out the night in the main event. So, with that said, you know, no matter who you had in that Ring of Honor Women's World title match to unify the belts, the interim and the current holding champion, that's one thing. But they put that here to make a purpose. So, that's a main event with a championship title. So, you can kind of. Look at that as you want. Still, the match was a very good match for what it was. Didn't, I would have loved to get a little more time out of them, but really, they gave us a good solid match. I think it was a good night of Dynamite again, like they mostly do. They mostly do perform really well. W. Morrissey, you get on Twitter now, people talking about Big Cass and Enzo. So they can't help themselves because you know what? That is a testament to what AEW has taken a bit of, by accident not on purpose okay the fact that we're seeing enzo and big casts, or no we just saw big cast but enzo's been around he's just working at mlw and other promotions right now that's all he's been doing at the moment and very rarely sprinkled around mlw for a matter of fact too but with AEW, they've taken what is the what was actually pretty well described by road dog on a podcast this week, oh, you didn't know, his podcast, and he actually referred to the kids that are 25 years old that are all wearing black t-shirts. It's the younger, some of that demographic that would watch NXT of the diehard NXT fan base of the black and gold. They all wore black. It was all rock and roll. It was all metal, basically. And that's a very small demographic. So it's a very small audience that, I mean, that's not going to work for what's going on on the main roster of WWE because those stars, when you really think about it, they were going to have to add color and depth and dimensionality to each of these stars when they moved up. And how many of them actually succeeded with that? That's the question. When you look at what they did, the, longer, the farther along the NXT was going along, the less of the even just any bit of, lightness for the crowd i mean even when you look at that capital wrestling center for the pandemic mode of nxt and you're looking at that crowd that's in there and just just dystopian blade runner type of dark dreary you know type of feel to it and then everything that you have of every star coming out sure there might be some people in colorful attire but not really a lot of black a lot of black a lot of great a lot of black a lot of black and red Just really dark, you know, those type of colors, which in WWE, which is what they really decided to go for the complete opposite with the 2.0. Full rainbow colors to make sure they told you, you know what, we're not doing what we did before. It's brighter. It's more appealing. It's more family friendly. And that's even what the main roster is doing as well. Look at those loud suits that Seth freaking Rollins wears every week. You can just see what they're doing now and just what they're putting together. You know, they have a couple of dark brooding characters over in in them on the main roster, but at least they're putting a purple color to them, like a black light to them. Something that offers a little bit of, of difference. But what's happening is that WWE has really done not an attitude adjustment. We're not talking about Cena's finisher. An agenda adjustment. And that is because of the Testament what aw has done being on the air for two and a half years as a full-time promotion that's what it is i mean when you look at what what has been accomplished so far they've done a hell of a job of putting together the best of what nxt actually had of the of the original black and white black and gold nxt brand Some of the indications of that, the faster wrestling, the different styles of wrestling being brought in, but also to a better level because there are no restrictions. What we're getting right now, in a way, is a bit of what Lucha Underground gave us, a bit of what NXT gave us, the black and gold, and what TNA is, and a little taste of WCW or NWA because you get all those those previous stars that are out there as managers or as as talk as, as. you know, as mouthpieces for some of the stars out there. But they're doing, both companies are doing what they need to do. Yeah, is AEW going to find a way with their audience? Well, they're going to do a better job with the stars of NXT using them as enhancement because they're working on their younger stars. They are focused on their younger stars. That's that's what they have to do. For the sake of their promotion, they have to counter-program what WWE is doing. Because WWE is really focused on their older stars, they have to. They have no choice. They have to put marquees up on all those big stadium shows they're going to do. Clash of the Castle or SummerSlam or Money in the Bank. They have to do that in order to get pull off what they're going to be able to do. To go back to Saudi Arabia again, they have to pull the marquee names, and they don't have any big name stars off the younger side that are there yet. But they are working on it. They're finally putting some things together in the right way so that you'll have some younger stars in that mid-card that will get a chance to push themselves forward. In the meantime, Roman Reigns, there's just nobody there that's really going to be the true opponent that we feel an absolute doubt he's going to drop that belt. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. There is no one there at the level to go after Roman Reigns at this moment. But, you know, you have a lot of stars that have been around for a long time on that roster that have been exposed 5, 10, 15 years. Randy Orton's a 20. Same thing with Edge. That's going to help them. And they have done a good job of trying to reinvigorate some of the older stars. That's the other thing I like. Where Natalya's gone over to NXT 2.0. Or Dolph Ziggler's gone over there. Or... Getting Edge now to work along with uh, Damian Priest to do Judgment Day. Or Randy Orton with Riddle. These are smart moves. Overall, they're doing the right thing with all of this. And you have to. I mean, there's got to be something where the idea that AEW is what they're doing right now, they are taking the role and taking the place of what WWE was giving us a bit like in a Ruthless Aggression era or after that, what the NXT era was supposed to be, where those NXT stars, you wanted to see how they were going to do on a main roster scale. Well, that's AEW. So many of those stars you saw in NXT, they got their main roster jump, but it was never for WWE. It was for AEW. And the best thing that could have possibly happened is the fact that if not for AEW being in existence, where would these wrestlers have gone? Because the money that Tony Khan's able to pay these stars right now wouldn't have been there. Because Impact, MLW, NWA would have been around, but they wouldn't have had the kind of money to do this. We're not expecting Freddie Prince Jr. to come up right away with his promotion or Control Your Narrative to come around and do anything like this. AW is still the prominent because they have the most money being injected. They have the broadcast deal, they have the best exposure as close as anyone can in such a short amount of time to what WWE has done over 50 years over what they've done with their broadcast deals and being on cable since the beginning. That's what they've done. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. 40 some odd years on cable ahead of their competition. I mean, the one thing that AW has that might be an advantage a little bit to way is that there were, Fans that were very familiar with watching wrestling on TNT and TBS back in the day, 20 years ago. Still kind of fresh in some some people's minds. So that's a good thing to have. But with AEW, you look what they do on their shows and what they have on their roster. And look, it's a great mix. You know, they are building stars overnight. When you look at what they're doing right now, I can appreciate where they're going with it. Tonight, Dynamo's in Baltimore, but we're going to talk about WrestleMania Backlash, which is this weekend, this Sunday, and I will do a preview and predictions for that coming up in a little bit as we transition to what WWE is doing right now with this agenda adjustment. Now, in the night, you had Jeff Hardy, Bobby Fish, so you got some real diehards, but this is for the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament to give that a reason to put that in. So you're putting some pretty big stars, some veterans in there, into the mix to start off the night. Blackpool Combat Club gives a good mix of a lot of things. With a William Regal, Lord William Regal, making it to the mix to take stars like Moxley and Danielson, and then the young upstart with Wheeler Yuta, adding him to the mix. When you look at Wardlow and the build they were doing with him alongside of MJF that's been built up really well. You know, it's amazing some of the names we're hearing about that WWE internally and some of the dirt sheets they're talking about that have been discussed. Who could have been considered going to the main company, uh, to, to Stanford? When you look at, they talked about MJF. Could be considered internally. Jade Cargill could be considered internally. We just learned that Moose was actually offered a chance to go to WWE but decided to re-sign with Impact Wrestling, and for that, I'm thankful. I think it's a great thing for Moose to stay around for a couple more years, continue to build. Listen, maybe he will go up that way, but there are a lot of stars that are a bit like him that he's not going to stand out over there right now. We got Omos and Bobby. Bobby Lashley is a bit too similar. So for Moose... I mean, he's in a great place right now. He is a top star in that company. They they haven't hold that world title belt for a long time. They still hold on behind him. He is a star in that company, and he is he has ex, he has uh, increased his exposure, his stardom from Ring of Honor into Impact Wrestling. I really believe that. And they've always done a good job with Moose to continue to rebuild It really just evolve his character. He always does change quite a bit. But Wardlow, as we said, W. Morrissey's brought out there as part of a thing where a couple of Impact wrestlers made it onto, the, onto Dynamite tonight. Featured match, W. Morrissey, 5 minutes, 30 seconds, he put the match out there. It was a nice thing. It was a pretty good, a lot of good hints that said that we were going to get W. Morrissey coming out. But for those that don't watch Impact Wrestling, they wouldn't have figured out that, you know, Big Cass was coming over here. They could have put it together, but they weren't sure. Then you look at Wardlow and the deal they're being done here and how he's brought out and the kind of adulation this crowd gives him. Like, this crowd that AEW has is so engaging and so animated with everybody they have out there. They do a really good job with most people on this show and really do get a lot of people over. Wardlow is majorly over right now. Adam Page is hugely over right now. Great promo tonight, leading up to Double or Nothing. And him and Punk are now just word words right now as we get to that match coming up at the end of the month with a great line that if Adam Page says that if 3 beats Punk, a fan with his merch will run and get a refund. That's good stuff and then you have santana along with ortiz and the whole jericho appreciation society storyline with the broken up part of the inner circle which is a good story to have there and then you look and then we get the varsity blondes in the house of black i got to tell you about this too i'm fine with the julia hart storyline they've done a slow build on this for a long time they just haven't really rushed anything. It's not a storyline to go right into. They just know it's kind of just been simmering, simmering for a while. It, and you know what? For those of you that didn't understand the storyline a little bit or you felt like what's going on here, watch Black, what's uh, me Black? Watch Dark and Dark Elevation. Because if you see what she's been doing with Shof in the Ring, I mean, she's been definitely empowering the dark side of herself in her matches. She's, and also being very distant and absent-minded when it comes to the varsity blondes this had to happen the fact that they didn't come to this right away i understand you want some kind of progression to the storyline you know week after week it doesn't have to be that it's okay for a story like this to go ahead and call this back after a while it wasn't that much to go ahead and get back to this anyway We just know that what happened, we've seen the ongoing result of what happened to Julia Hart. There you go. So I'm not going to rule out or judge the storyline right now, the fact that they decided not to go with a predictable route and turn Julia Hart full heel. What they did was, which makes sense to me, is that she's not going to just completely cave in. There's still... It's a fight between good and evil in her because she still is the cheerleader. She's still the lovable, likable Julia Hart somewhere inside of there. So it's almost like an exorcism. Like there's a devilish side to her, an evil side to her that comes out. And that's what's going on here. It's a bit of a split personality. They could play into that a little bit more, but right now they just done it here because they're not making Julia Hart such a major focal point yet, because she's still getting her she's still getting her bearings here. Working a lot of dark matches right now on AEW Dark and Dark Elevation because they're trying to get her work rate and get her time in the ring so that she can be better off when they get her to a story, part of the storyline where they can have her in matches and doing things to really stand out. But her acting right now, when she had to go and deal with the confrontation with House of Black, yeah, kind of scary right there to see what's going on, but it's a good a good aspect of it, and now we probably will see House of Black continue to haunt and torture Julia Black, which that now has to come into play. So she's had the kind of stirring effects, The and you can see what they've been doing in storyline, if you notice that black patch. And then you see there's a bit of a, like how Malachi Black has his face paint. You can see a little bit of that face paint, that darkness kind of growing more and more kind of cancerous onto her face. They're playing that up. It's a subtle touch. So it's a slow grind into this. I'm not ready to go ahead and start crapping on the storyline yet. Everybody wants to go and just see that Julia Hart makes the turn. I get if you're impatient about it. That I understand. But at this point right here, I'm not worried too much about it. They got some time to go with it. And if you really, really, really have a good payoff on it, we just don't know what that means. There's a whole lot of storyline left. Like, what does that mean now for the varsity blondes as they're continuing to getting pummeled to the House of Black? This is not over yet. And Julia Hart's right in the middle of it in the crosshairs. So she didn't pummel Griff Garrison with a chair. Okay. But maybe there'll be something down the line will happen. Now, moving along to what they're saying as well. So now, Jake Cargill, now that you have the baddies with Red Velvet and Kira Hogan attached in three stars, they definitely want to get over. So Jake Cargill, now they're basically doing the Britt Baker type of storyline where as a champion, now she has her stable. When Britt Baker has Jamie Hayter and Rebel, now you got Jake Cargill with her own stable that makes sense. And somewhere down the line, I think Jay Cargo and Britt Baker, they could come together at odds, and who knows? Britt Baker could go after the TBS title. Because I would think at some point, Britt Baker's going to turn face. I don't know. Do you keep her as a heel right now for as long as she can? I mean, yeah, sure. But there's got to be things they can do with her. And right now, she's just in the backdrop. While Jimmy Hader and Tony Storm, and then the attachment with Ruby Soho, comes into play here, and they're just working off of that. So it's something to do, which is a fine storyline when it comes to the fact that Brent Baker was champion for so long. She doesn't have to be back in that title picture right away. There's more than enough people right now to work for Thunder Rosa to deal with right now anyways. So she already had to deal with Nala Rose. Now she's got Serena Deep coming up down the line. That's going to be great. It's good to see Ray Phoenix back, him and Dante Martin, man the styles and the matches we're getting on AEW when it comes to strong stuff, when it comes to high flying, when it comes to just really just some really different styles of wrestling coming in. It's kind of like where MLW has, but not so much the hybrids that they have in MLW and what they do. But it's good stuff in there to see Death Triangle back together. was kind of weird that Jilly Hart was still in the ring when Death Triangle came out to the ring and then they had Dante Martin coming out to the the ring for the match. That was kind of I didn't know what was going on there. Maybe there was a little bit of a miscue. And then, like I said, Deanna Perasso, good to see her over here. They didn't make a big deal about the fact that she was going to just drop the belt. So they did it. I mean, Deanna is she's with Impact. She held on to that Ring of Honor title for what it was in Impact, and now she drops it. What happens next for Deanna Parasso? Because that story's got to be told in Impact Wrestling. She's lost the knockouts title. And now she has this right here. Like, what do you do next with Diana Perazzo? Like, I want to see a redemption angle with her. But she also has Taya Valkyrie to do with, because that could just be a featured feud they have in the meantime. So we want to know, because the Rain of the Arena's title, the Knockouts title, and the Ring of Honor title, man, all those titles and all that success, she's now on a downside. Where's the next steps for Diana Purrazzo coming up? What does Impact Wrestling do with her? That's what I want to find out. So there's stars they have in here, and every week they they are showing certain stars that are important. Jungle Boy's gonna have a match coming up. You know, Darby Allen's also in the mix. They're, they just their pillars are important, and they're constantly being shown, either here or on Rampage. Hook, they're all getting recognized, and they're all being booked strong. They're all winning. They're all dominant, and they're getting over. AEW is the star-making machine right now. If any promotion right now is making stars, it's them. If I wanted to take who's probably second or third, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put. I'll say Impact Wrestling is right there because you got Steve Macklin. They're building it's a pretty decent deal. Ace Austin, Josh Alexander for sure. There's a, there's quite a few stars they have in here that are just really solid. And then you got Tasha Steele. Like, there's a lot right there that's coming up, and they have. It's just, it's good. Plus, a great complement of veteran stars in there. When you got Honor No More and Bullet Club, major players. I mean, there's a lot there. They got a whole lot of everything in impact. Then MLW. Because MLW, when I looked at that triple threat match they had for the World Heavyweight title on Fusion this past week, intimidation games, man. Okay, Mats Kruger. that's a bit of a, like, you know, that's a that's like a toss back to, like, the Monsters of before. Like, he would be something that would have been, a, been out of Devastation Incorporated and Arc bar. That's an old reference. But I'll tell you what. Two heavyweights in Alex Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu, you can't do much better than those two guys. Those two guys are phenomenal heavyweights. Phenomenal main eventers in just about any promotion. Because imagine if if you had Impact Wrestling or, or 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 AEW or WWE able to get their hands on the likes of Jacob Fatu or Alex Hammerstone, man, I mean, Hammerstone is like the next Hulk Hogan in a way, but very versatile. He he's got the look of it. I mean, you can't deny that. And, and the great job of the profile stories that MLW has done in the last month or so profiling Jacob Fatu and Alex Hammerstone. And the storyline with Hammerstone and Holiday has been fantastic. Richard Holiday is kind of cut of the cloth from MGF. He's not exactly there. But when they added Alicia to, to the mix, it made it better. But there's got to be more to Richard Holiday that we can get. Like, I need more to make him. I mean, his he's got his onus against Hammerstone, but there's got to be more to him. And I, I'm just waiting for more of, of him to be really somebody you could really hate. He's there, but there's more you could do with him. And Jacob Fatu, from the turn of being a two-year MLW World Heavyweight Champion into being this full baby face right now, it's fantastic. And the breakup of Contra and the contributions he's done so far, I mean, it is too bad that Hammerstein and Fatu could, could not have faced each other one-on-one again like before. I can, these, I can see these two guys anytime I want. They're, they're just great matches together. So they got that going for them. But that's what's going on. AEW, they are the star makers right now. They have the most stars in the making right now, up and coming. They are the upstars, and they're showing such. And they're doing it in a way that is not the routine, not the way that WWE has done it. Because even when the Attitude Era was around, or even when they had the Rocket Wrestling Era, it was always veterans that would come to the top after a long run in the spotlight, in the mid card for years before they get to the top of the uh, top of the heap. Okay, you have to have that happen in WWE to make that make those stars where they're going to be. Very rare are they going to have any young stars that are going to just skyrocket to the top because they they've done it and they don't do a good job with it. They're just not feeling that way, but they definitely have stars that are that are in the making of being up and coming stars
0: with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky
0: play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky
2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Revoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: That could be built much better. I think they've done an excellent job of making Bianca Belair a top edge star. She is up there right now. She is at the level of all the other women right now in that division, in the entire women's division in general. She's at the level... At the level of Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Sar- Charlotte Flair. Like, I want Charlotte and Bianca already. We need to get to that match at some point. We need to get those two in the ring. Right now, give me Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Can we get them in a feud? That would be great, too. I like the move what they're doing, where Dewdrop is no longer a goofy character. She's serious. We see that Nikki A.S.H., they're going to get rid of that superhero gimmick. That's the best thing that could have possibly happened. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I know she's not going to be Nikki Cross anymore. I even like that better. We're going to get another side of this Nikki Cross character or whatever she's going to be called. I can't wait to see what it's going to be, what the transition is going to be. Evolving Elias as Ezekiel. I like it. I like that a lot. It's interesting. The Damian Priest change from Jekyll and Hyde now to this brooding Judgment Day character with Edge alongside. I love that omos with mvp i love that too like all of that's really working out it's it's some good moves ridge holland in the mix here with sheamus still works for me too but you know is he going to come up are any of these stars going to go ahead and break off at some point to be able to talk on their own and to really stand out as as a uh, standoff stars That's the one thing that you have to figure out. Or they're just going to have to rely on the fact they're going to need mouthpieces for the bulk of their careers. These are things I think about. And then you have stars that have come back when you bring back Oscar and Cody Rhodes. Some legitimacy in there. That's good stuff. Like, there's a lot of good things to enjoy about what they're doing in WWE right now. And I think the WrestleMania Backlash storyline is not that bad. When you look at it, I think they're doing a pretty good job of what they're doing with matches they can, they're they able to do right now. Like, sure, they don't want to give out Roman Reigns in a title match at this moment. That's fine. And to get rid of the unification of the tag team titles, I'm fine with that, too. To make it a six-man tag, sure, no problem to that with me. But they are working on other stars right now, and it works. It's the, it's the right move they need to make. So I appreciate all of what they're doing right now. But it's a different direction to what AEW is doing, because you see what AEW is starting to do a little bit. They are starting to get a little more real- realistic. They, they still have; they're not so gimmick right now. I'm starting to feel like some of the gimmicks are starting to go away, because Alexa Bliss. They got rid of the the, the dolls and all that. Like we're not; we haven't seen her back yet. We don't know what that's going to be coming up. There's that removal. Then the superhero gimmick, removal. You know, you're starting to see a few things here. Rhea Ripley is now much more of a serious character again. And no more the attachment to Nikki A.S.H. Like, the real goofiness is the 24-7 title. But you know what? They've actually been taking time in that 24-7 title feud to put a couple of stars together and give them something to do. Like, I don't, I mean, they've been giving them time. Like, it's not just random anymore. There's actually storylines to them. And when you look at what they're doing with some of the things with, say, Mustafa, Mustafa Ali, that deal with The Miz this uh, this past Monday, that was pretty good. The whole switch of the microphones, that's a nice little touch. That's actually kind of clever. I mean, I was actually kind of surprised he did that. There's a change in creative somewhere. You can tell that's going on, and I'm not sure who it is, but obviously there are some new ideas coming in right now, and whoever's handling creative at the moment there's a little more logical thinking behind what they're doing and a little more follow through than I ever have seen in a long time in this company. That doesn't mean that all the matches are going to be perfectly booked. No, but it's the right direction. And you have to wait and see if some of these matches are going to go ahead and you know, curry favor with this audience. I mean, the audience is, you know, they're not crapping all over it. I mean, Raw has actually been pretty good. SmackDown has been okay. I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm getting, having to drag my feet watching Raw every week. It's not. That's back in the same way. As far as I know, I don't think that the ratings have taken such a dip like they would have done if they were really essing the bet. I don't think they've been doing that right now. I haven't looked what the ratings were this past week. I know that the spring break and NXT episode did 660,000 viewers. That's pretty good so last week 1.6 million for raw and that's not great but you know they had that wedding angle that probably didn't do well and that might not have helped much at all but they're figuring a few things out they are dropping i mean unfortunately it is something what's going on but Part of the thing you have to say, too, that the ratings are taking a dip is because they are competing with some pretty active numbers when it comes to the NBA playoffs. And playoffs are just hitting hot right now. That's not helping much at all when it comes to it. So, k S9 Seats actually made a point about that: 1.62 million for hour one, 1.65 for hour two, 1.47 for hour three. The basketball games they had on TNT, which they had, you know, double header, three point eight eight million viewers, with uh, the demos in eighteen to forty nine demographic, one point three to Ross three point eight. So they're hitting a lot there. Uh, and in terms of the NHL playoffs, they're also they're outmatching the NHL playoffs, which is good. But yeah, they're dealing with right now with some sports. Once these playoffs are kind of subsided next month. There'll be a couple of months in that dead period, so mid June, July, August, September. I mean, into right, yeah. So that SummerSlam season is crucial for them. You know, when they have the uh, the sport live sports that's going on right now on cable, it is going to be tough to compete. So it's imperative on them where they're not in WrestleMania season, the all season they have right now, when they're going to go ahead and have that summertime period to themselves with just baseball, which is not going to be a factor for them. SummerSlam season from money in the bank to SummerSlam is crucial for this company. They have to get this all on all cylinders going. That's what needs to happen. And even before then, but still, they have a couple of things going for them. That's right. That's good. They just have to figure things out. Yeah, so Money of the Bank is July 2nd. By that point, you need to have a whole lot of things going on on all cylinders right and busy and interesting when it comes to what WWE is doing at this moment to keep their adjustment going and to not sway away from it. Because I believe they're going in the right direction now. There's always things they could do better, but they're in the best direction they could possibly go right now. No more focus on AEW and the direction they're going. They're going an opposite direction, and that's the right thing for them to do right now. What they're doing is absolutely the right direction. They have to stick to their main stars, the greatest hits they've had. Work on that. And keep hoping that those new stars that they're building up, they continue to keep building up, but they're going to have to realize you're going to have to put some of those stars up at higher levels sooner than expected because they have no choice. They have to go ahead and take chances on some of their bigger stars and see what they're going to do. We just don't know what they're going to do yet. So a couple of things before we go ahead and we're going to preview WrestleMania Backlash coming up, which again, I'm going to be doing a post show for Sunday night right here, WrestlingIsReal.com. Look for that coming up this weekend. Plus, I'm also going to go ahead and talk about Impact Wrestling's Under Siege, which is also coming up this weekend. They got a full card going on there. A couple of of title matches, which there could be some changes on them because of what they're doing. Which is good. And then we'll have WrestleMania Backlash. We'll talk about that. But there's a couple of things that were being brought up that really talk about the changes going on with AEW and WWE and what's been done. Because the NXT factor is what changes everything. It's the NXT stars that have been let go, that came up to the main roster. Some of them might have, but then fizzled out. So you have those stars that have made their way to mostly to AEW, but also to Impact Wrestling and others. They've also been sprinkled about. So you have that part, right? And then when you look at the current NXT 2.0 roster and what they're doing with them now, and even though, yes, they let certain stars go, they let more releases happen as well. That's understood. I mean, I understand where people were not going to be happy about that. But I should go ahead and talk about some of the releases that were done not too long ago when it comes to the company. Because on Friday, they did have a number of releases that came up across. And I get didn't get to talk about them, but I don't want to make a, you know, we'll just release of it right now. Roder Strong has asked for his release. We know about that part. So there were 10 wrestlers from NXT that were dropped. It's going to bring those up right now. That includes Dakota Kai, Malcolm Bivens, the former Stokely Cathaway, which I guess he's going to go by, by, back by that name again. Don't know where he's going to drop off at yet. Uh, Dexter Loomis, who we all might remember in Impact Wrestling as Sam Shaw. Paige Prinz, Prinzivali, who was Blair Baldwin. Harlan, who is Parker Boudreaux, which I'm surprised they let him go. But Harlan's going to get picked up by somebody. That, you know, I don't know what, maybe just a little too soon for him to be in that company. They could look at him one th- more time after this. Because he kind of fits in that next in line program when you think about it. Persia Puriata, or Stephanie DeLander, who is now opening up the OnlyFans account. Sanjana George, who is Vish Kanya. Draco Anthony, who is Reginald Chase Cruz. Mila Milani, who was Kelly Morga, and Raylan Devine, who was Jalen Williams. And as we know, last year, 85 total contracted wrestlers were left from WWE. And if we looked at where they all went, you know, other companies have had a chance to take advantage of that, sure. But we've also seen other stars that have made their way through, and they're doing pretty well. We know Tony Storm made her way in, and she's doing really well over there. We also know that Leon Ruff has made his way to A.W. Dark, which is good for him. So there's the number of stars they have right now where they've all gone somewhere else. There you go. But you can tell the kind of push that's being done right now when it comes to the NXT stars that are being pushed right now, especially with the spring break and show that they just put, put together and what they did with that. Which was not a bad night you know, when they did that on NXT. Cameron Grimes in a strong match against Solo Sokoa and Carmelo Hayes. Who they obviously Solo Sikoa and Carmelo Hayes are really high up on. And I'm not sure what Cameron Grimes with a change of, of his look if it makes much of a difference. Grayson Waller, Nathan Frazier. They give Frazier the win. I'm not sure if either of these guys really fit of anything, but with Waller, I mean, obviously he has a, a gift of gab, so that might help him out. They obviously love Nikita Lyons, pretty no doubt, no doubt about that. You can see that there, and I can see where Lash Legend will be somebody there, but she's still very much green. And Cora Jade the same. I don't really care. If, I mean, listen, and I don't. I mean, it's one thing where toxic attraction and the whole thing with. Wendy Chu and Roxana Cruz is there, which is fine. So Roxanne, she's getting something to do, but I want her back in matches. Like she's just her in rework that really stands out for her. So let's get back to that. And the Creed brothers are really big on behind because they let them take a win on the Viking Raiders. And Joe Gacy now on his own. Now he has minions instead of Harlan, which makes more sense for him. Because he's really much being like a, he's right now becoming like a David Koresh type. You know, more of the, uh, one of those kind of leaders of, uh, like, you know, just one of those militant type leaders. You know, something like a Charles Manson or a David Koresh type, one of those types. And they keep Braun Breaker very strong. You know that guy's going to be brought up to that main roster. You've already given him a little bit of time on the main roster to feature him with the NXT title belt, which is good. So they're doing more with him. All that works really well. I can appreciate what they're doing right there. It's good stuff. Now, let me get back to what I was going to go talk about. When it comes to the NXT system and what's going on right now and some of the things have been said. Because there are some interesting stories that were said. Randy Orton and Road Dogg, Road Dogg is the Gems, we know. We heard from both of them, or Brian Armstrong, right? They both spoke on the NXT roster and made some good points that were being said. So I want to take what they actually talked about. Road Dogg actually, we're going to take Randy Orton first, and then we'll go with what Road Dogg said. Because it's very important. So Randy Orton's gotten some... Well, this was going back to March 31st. And when he was on there, we never, I never brought this story up, but I thought this was important to go ahead and bring up now because of the changes going on with NXT. And this is really much talking about the stars that have come up from the black and gold brand that were brought up for the main roster. Sure, if you wanted competent wrestlers like Adam Cole or Roderick Strong or Tommaso Ciampa or, you know, pick them, Keith Lee or, K- or Karrion Cross, You have those stars who are very capable wrestlers to work safely with the other stars. Okay, that's one thing, but that's not the most important thing. they got to have that plus all the other accoutrements, the other tools in the tool belt to be the charismatic, multi-dimensional sports entertainers that WWE expects them to be. And so Orton mentioned how there are a lot of modern-day wrestlers that don't understand the finer points of selling. Quote, there's an art to what we do, and a lot of guys have lost that art. Now, instead of selling a punch because you need to sell a punch, now I'm protecting myself because I don't want to get my fucking jaw broken. That's unfortunate, but the art of professional wrestling, like when Vince was on, he talked about your number one priority above all being protecting your opponent. That's not taught necessarily in NXT. I know that that because I've been in the ring with guys that came from NXT and they don't know what the fuck they're doing, it's unfortunate, but I think that's just kind of how things are changing. And there are some stars, you could say something like that, you know, where, you can see how Ridge Holland and his work coming from NXT up to the main roster and how the unfortunate accident of seeing the unfortunate accident of seeing Big E getting his neck injury. And the same thing going when it came to Drew McIntyre and the fall of the Mad Massa not tuck his neck in or tuck in his chin when he took that one Alabama slam from McIntyre and his featured match. And so Road Dog And this is, uh, remember, this is from March 30th, so this is going back before WrestleMania 38. But Road Dogg decided to go make comments about what was being said. And he makes the comments about how Randy Orton had said the NXT count coming up, don't know what they're doing. Quote, I don't disagree with him at all. For him to say they don't know what they're doing, I guess you could say that, and he's right to an extent. But they know what they're doing, they just don't do it perfectly yet, and I don't expect them to. But protecting your opponent, look, these guys get in there and hit each other hard. Now, it's not just stiff working. It's huge stunts and flips to the floor. So you do have to protect yourself, and you have to protect your opponent because at the end of the day, it is a work. It is a job. I have to go home to my wife and children and be able to pick up my grandchildren at my age. So I totally understand where Randy's coming from. I think Randy's correct. But sometimes guys go up there really early and never worked anywhere before. Some guys started during the pandemic and never worked in front of a live crowd. I saw Randy literally on the show talking to the Street Profits as the match was going on when he was in the ring with him. I thought, man, that is so awesome. Randy's teaching these kids as he's having a match with them. It's on-the-job training. That's how you have to do it. It was different a different animal down there in NXT. It was a wrestling show, so the tempo was faster. The speed was faster, and the wrestling was more important. And this is a point that I think he really hits home. On the main roster, it's about flamboyance and entertainment because it's not all 25-year-old dudes in black T-shirts that watch Raw. Families watch Raw, so you have to give them these entertainment segments like the wedding segment that happened the other week. You have to hit them with the more colorful entertainment because that's what plays to the bigger audience. I know people will disagree with that, but that's how I see it. And he's right. Uh, Shout out to WrestlingNews.co for the transcription, by the way. So that's something that's got to be said where if they're not getting the right training coming up to that main roster, that's because it's sports entertainment, wrestling and wrestling schools and what they're doing right now with AEW and the building of, say, like a nightmare factory, or other places where the likes of Dustin Rose and QT Marshall are doing a really good job right now of working on stars that they have that are working on making their way up to the main roster. They get some stars that are very green that are trying to work their way through, and then you can see other stars that are being worked on right now, and I got to appreciate where they're coming from because AEW this has, has a pretty good little idea of what they're doing with their school, with the training program. They don't have a power plant or a performance center, but they're doing pretty good with what they have. And you can see improvement in their stars. All you got to do is look at AEW Dark. You know... Some people will go ahead and play like old clips from like from the pandemic of AEW, uh, dark or other shows where they show like the the botches in the ring, like a red velvet's been very notorious for that. Jake Cargill going the same way, but you're seeing improvement with them. And they are protecting those stars as much as they can to make sure they're not being put in a bad spot, which is good. I mean, you're accentuating the positives, hiding the negatives, as a Paul Heyman was said in the rise and fall of ECW. That is what's being done right now in AEW to a, a good amount. And I can appreciate that. Because you're not getting overexposed with Red Velvet or in some cases. Yeah, Red Velvet's a good example. A Jake Cargill. But they put her with a belt. But there is much more to the, the way that they're positioning her and putting her out there to make her stand out, which is important for them. And I can appreciate where they're going with that. With WWE, it's a different story. When they're not looking at the wrestlers as wrestlers and they're taking these stars as sports entertainers and they are molding them into the right mold and getting their gimmicks outright, which are much more relatable, I would say. I mean, you what they're doing now, the goofiness has kind of gone away from a lot of what they're doing on their roster. There was one story that came up from Bleacher Report that I thought said a lot. They were doing a whole story about one word to describe every big time superstar right now on the main roster. And it'll give me a chance to go through some of the names that I feel like where they're going through things. So let's go through. They talk about, first of all, the raw man, men's roster. They say that, you know, they've discussed, and I'm not going to go through the, the names or what they're going to go through in the article, but I'm going to go through the names they decided to point out. I think it's important. So they took AJ Styles. who listen, no doubt that guy just does not get old he does not show he does not slow up. he's consistent with everybody, but he's just a great hand in there. he's fantastic. He's a Hall of famer down the line. no doubt about it. Bobby Lashley has been great. like I really enjoy the work that Bobby Lashley's going to do and I like the fact that he's going to work with Omos. It's going somewhere. let's see what they do with him at backlash. That story with Omos and MVP and Bobby Lashley that intrigues me. it does. Cody Rhodes, the chip on his shoulder. They're they give, they gave him Seth Rollins. They're working off of that. That the back and forth promos with them has been have been good. So I don't complain about that there. Let's get another classic out of those two at Backlash. I want to just see that. So Rhodes, I feel like, is the next John Cena. They can build him as such. And they just can't put him on the belt right now, but they're getting him big stars to work off of now to go forward. Damian Priest now full heel. Judgment date. This storyline is great. I like it a lot. It's good. And they did a good job with the whole storyline there. They did even, and even some of the matches, they're not even doing so much where, of course, they do the gimmick matches where, they, of course, certain matches are going to be like the same people together. But even getting a little bit better, at least try to put some stipulations in there. And not just doing championship contender matches, just to do championship contender matches. I appreciate that. So they're doing some of that. They do get eight man tags to six-man tags that are brought up makeshift. They're still gonna do that. No, no doubt about it. But it's better. At least some matches we start getting some ramifications from it, which is good. You look at AJ Styles and Edge. You know, we had a match where Damian Priest losing in a match was barred from ringside. Okay, great. Good. We're getting things like that. The constant move with Mustafa Ali and Miz with Champa. And Austin Theory, I like all that too. That's been working out as well. Okay, next. I love the new Edge. The new Edge is great. It's really, really good. To me, it's some of the best work that Edge has done. Like I mean yeah, radar R superstar, this and that. It was never my cup of tea. Like I appreciate it. His work with John Cena and that feud with him. Fantastic. Randy Orton, yes, but for me, I really like this new work right now. This Judgment Day stuff, I'm really getting behind. I do like the whole Ezekiel storyline. Like I said, Kevin Owens, that that whole storyline's been kind of cool as well. I actually been, I'm um, definitely been okay with about that. Now, some people are definitely down on Finn Balor not getting much more being done. I don't know what happens to him. I don't know what his uh, contract is either, but Finn Balor, you know, the him as a face right now, the where he is, you know, sure. Remember, this guy was working NXT and was working really well over there, but you know, now what are you going to do with him? You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not the Demon, which takes away a good part of what his redeeming character was. Remember, he won the Universal Title as the Demon. Why they don't have him bring that back? I don't get that part. But it would be nice if they did, but they're not. I don't know if Finn Balor just doesn't want to do it or what, which is I'll never understand that part because that was the appeal of Finn Balor is the occasional demon coming out. But he's worked with everybody on the roster. What else are you going to do with him? And he's been, you know, champion across the board. He's been, uh, unless you put him in a tag team where you want to put AJ Styles and Finn Balor together as a tag team, I'm fine with that. We could go with that. Miz does what he needs to do. He is, a, he is a good hand. He's doing exactly what he needs to do in there. I like where most of Ali's going with his direction. I like that, too. And Omos, I like where his direction is, too. It works. They say you a lot of good for Randy Orton. Listen, 20 years in the biz, how can we complain about what this guy's given to us? man? Randy Orton is, is absolute Hall of Famer. He's done great work. Might not have been the best, best promo in the world for a long time, but, man, He's gotten all figured out because his matches were always good. There's no doubt about it. That guy is WWE style personified and he has done a hell of a job. He's he's underrated in the level of how important he is to that company and what he's done for Vince all these years in some real lean times. Let's just say it like that. They talk about Rey Mysterio, they talk about Riddle, Seth Rollins. You know, Seth Rollins is good. Like at this level of him, you know, it's annoying as hell, but it works. It's, I mean, I do like to see him a little more pissed off in a lot of times. Well that's the other part we want to see more of. But he's completely like both directions. That works for him. That's, that's, it's a Seth Rollins needs to be. And theory, you know, you got to give him more time. Give him more time to see what else he can do. This U.S. title reign, I don't know what's going to be much for him, but, you know, they're giving him something to work off of and see what he does. The wrong woman's roster, so we still don't see Alexa Bliss. We don't know what's going on with her. We'll wait. Asuka being back is nice. I wish they didn't keep her with the great Moodle look, but they decided to go with that. Not sure what the think about Becky Lynch is, but they're evolving that character as well. It makes sense to do that right now. Let's just see where they go with it. Like I'm not ready to go and rule out what Asuka and Becky Lynch are going to do together and what they're going to become. Bianca Belair is, like I said, she is top star right now in the women's division. She's great. Carmella's in the v- Villina Vega. I don't know if i necessarily put them up that high up at the level. Liv Morgan, now the whole deal with her and Ree Ripley, that's a nice little thing to go and work off of right now. That's fine. I like now Zoniaville Deville being back in wrestling gear again and back wrestling. I actually like that a lot. Well, SmackDown Men's roster, they talk about... Uh fight night, they talk about Drew McIntyre who is a stud, you know, top baby face right now. Gunther, I ca I have no opinion on him right now. It's just way too soon to say anything about him. Happy Corbin has been fine where he did him here. Just see what they continue to do with him and Madcap Moss. But Madcap Moss, he's becoming something. I mean kind of him and Rick Boogs are on the same kind of vein right now, it felt like before. Boogs also got hurt, unfortunately. They're giving Ricochet something right now as IC champion. They're, you know, they, they have him as a focal. He's the next Rey Mysterio. That's obviously what they're using him for on that side to give some real, you know, excitement over there. When they were had other stars, they tried to hopefully think that would do the same thing. I still think about how, you know, when they had Sinkata come in. And really that's what Ricochet's trying to fill that role, the high flyers. That they need another high flyer to come in to be the next generation if the Rey Mysterio goes. They need the next person to be that. That's what Ricochet's supposed to be. New Day's flat. We got to do something with them. They need to change up. Something needs to happen with them. But they're going to probably be where they are without Big E because they're not going to make any changes on that on that trio until Big E comes back, which is going to be for a while. Roman Reigns, top dog. There's not even a question right now what they're doing and what they've been doing so far with them right He's been booked so well. And you know, it's nice to see the redemption for him after all the crap he got put through in the last decade. Like it's really incredible how much he's done. But I really like where Roman Reigns is right now. That storyline's not getting old. That gimmick's not getting old at all. He's you know, he's the best thing on that on on that on that show, either one. Sami Zayn, you know, what they're doing with him a conspiracy theory, that's fine. Not much else to do with him, I guess. And without Rick Boogs, no Shiskey Nakamura. He's just been off. But by the way, they never I wish they would follow that storyline about Roman Reigns and Shiske Nakamura because Nakamura got knocked out. He hasn't come back to, you know, confront the bloodline since. I don't know what to go on with that. And Uso's alongside Roman Reigns, fantastic. Smack the women's roster. Yeah, Charlotte needs needs some evolving badly. Because this right now is not working. Charlotte needs a lot of change. I mean, she's still a great wrestler, but we need a change of this character. They need a lot of change. No more Queen stuff. Let's change something here. I like where Lacey Evans is going. Let's just get her back in the ring again. Naomi's great. Her with Sasha Banks, that's working just fine. Raquel Rodriguez, you know, way too soon to see what's going to happen with her and what they do decide to go and do with her ronda rousey's been very effective listen i just don't know who you do after when ronda rousey most likely wins her i quit match at backlash this weekend which i'm going to predict right now ronda rousey will beat charlotte flair at backlash what's next like what do you do with her charlotte flair needs to get destroyed and needs to find her way back up like we need to really take charlotte flair out of the picture for a while I don't know who you bring up with her after that. Maybe Sasha Banks. That would be great. Or Shayna Baszler. I always said, let's get her up there. Let's get Shayna Baszler in the mix with Ronda Rousey. Can we get the MMA angle going on? That would be fantastic. I think we'd all appreciate that. Okay. Let's quickly do a rundown of this weekend's pay-per-views. I'll quickly do Impact Wrestling's Under Siege. Full card coming up. Briscoe's. Going after the World Tag Team titles in Impact Wrestling against Violent by Design. Damn, I want the Briscoes to win this so bad. Please give me the Briscoes for the Impact Tag Team titles. I'm I don't know if this is gonna be a one off or what, but the Briscoe's oh, please, let's do it. Taya Valkyrie versus Deanna Perazzo, the reign of the Reina's title. I'm gonna say man, economy's oh gonna be tough. I'm gonna predict Diana Perazo wins it back. Maybe that's maybe I'm just thinking they're gonna have some title changes, but I hope they don't do what the normal route is where they, like, you know, we're expecting the thing, it's going to be like that. Bullet Club versus Honor No More. I'll take Honor No More. Surprised to see Bullet Club as the faces here. Chris David versus Steve Macklin. I'll take Steve Macklin on that. Tasha Steeles will retain the Knockouts Championship against Havoc or Knockouts World Championship. And Impact World Title, Josh Alexander versus Tomohara Ishii. The Stone Pit Bull, I'll take Josh to win on that. Speedball Mike Bailey versus Out. By there's some really good matches going on, man. It's a good young versus old here. Young versus mature. When you got both machine guns going up against the likes of Steve Macklin and Speedball Mike Bailey, Mike Bailey will win that match. But that'll be a teardown match, by the way. Countdown show you how Madison Rain gets to Joshelle Shaw. I'm going to take Joshelle Shaw as the winner over Madison Rain. And for Backlash this weekend, we have six matches that have been announced. I already said that Ronda Rousey will be SmackDown Women's Champion. She'll take the title, be new champion over Charlotte Flair. I'm going to say RK-Bro and Drew McIntyre get the win over Usos and Roman Reigns because, you know, doesn't make a difference here. It's six-man tag. And I'm guessing that one of the members of RK Bro, is going to pin one of the Usos. That's what I'm going to guess on that. Cody Rhodes will be Seth Rollins again. You got to keep Cody strong. He can't be losing here. I don't think that he should be losing at all. Not right now anyway, leading up to a title run. Madcap Cat Moss versus Mad Cat for his Happy Corbin. I'm going to take Madcap Moss on the win on this because he needs to get a win on this. We need to push him, see if there's anything coming out of Riddick Moss at all. Oh, man. Bobby Lashley-Omos. I'll take Lashley on the win on this one. And AJ Styles versus Edge. I'll take AJ Styles the win over. No, actually, I'm going to take Edge over AJ Styles in that match with Damian priest bar from ringside. We'll take it like that. All right. So this weekend, you know what? I will go ahead and include Impact Wrestling's under siege. I'll watch that on Saturday. So we'll talk about both this weekend. Sunday night I will go ahead and cover Wrestlemania Backlash and Impact Wrestling Under Siege we'll talk about both of those But you know what maybe I'll take some time to talk about the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness I might talk about that too because I'll be watching that this weekend on Friday we'll see how that works out so jam-packed weekend for your truly king of podcasts I'm coming back the post show enjoy Wrestlemania Backlash and Impact Wrestling Under Siege this weekend Until Sunday night, come back for another Wrestling Is Real podcast because wrestling needs us. Thank you for listening to the Wrestling Is Real podcast. You can find all previous episodes at WrestlingIsReal.com or subscribe to the show on all major podcast outlets, including Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Follow the King of Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at King of Podcasts and search King of Podcasts on YouTube or type youtube.com slash JBRASCO951. This has been a presentation of the King of Podcasts Radio Network.